You are listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From December the 8th, 2019 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And on that day the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples, The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Today, I'm going to do something a little different, something that will hopefully engage the kids. I want to introduce to you one of the lesser known of the Advent customs called the Jesse tree. The Jesse tree is named after this passage in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, where it says, A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. Now, Jesse was the father of King David, and in this passage, the prophet Isaiah imagined a day when a new king from the same lineage as David, when a new king is born. This new king would usher in a day of peace unlike the world has ever known. The earliest Christians believed that this prophecy was fulfilled in the person of Jesus. Now, back in the Middle Ages, most people couldn't read, which meant that they couldn't read the Bible. So the custom of the Jesse tree was developed as a way to tell the biblical story from Genesis all the way up through the birth of Jesus. The ornaments represent various stories of the Bible, and they're hung on the Jesse tree. Sometimes it's a small evergreen, or sometimes just a branch like we have today. So today we're going to create our own Jesse tree in order to remember the story that gave birth to Jesus the Christ. 
So the first ornament on our Jesse tree depicts the stump of Jesse with its budding branch representing Isaiah's prophecy that a Messiah would be born of the lineage of Jesse. All right, so let's get back to the beginning of the Bible where we read about God creating the earth and everything in it, culminating in the creation of the first humans, Adam and Eve. And God looked at all God had made and said, it is good. Our second ornament depicts Adam and Eve holding the earth in their care. And although creation began with God declaring it good, a serpent came along to tempt Adam and Eve with eating fruit from the forbidden tree. And once they ate of the forbidden fruit, God set Adam and Eve outside the garden when they would know hard work and suffering. Our third ornament depicts the serpent wrapped around the forbidden fruit from which Adam and Eve ate. Well, as it turns out, Adam and Eve weren't the last humans to disappoint God. Several generations later, people had so disappointed God that God sent a great flood, and only Noah and his family were spared by building a huge ark, along with a male and female of every kind of animal. And God sent a rainbow, promising Noah and his family that God would never destroy the earth by flood again. Our fourth ornament depicts Noah's ark with a rainbow overhead. Well, one day a great man named Abraham was born who married Sarah. And God told Abraham to set out for a land that God had waiting on him, the promised land. So Abraham and Sarah set out, not knowing where they were going, obedient to God's command. Our fifth ornament depicts a tent and a camel, representing our father Abraham's journey to find a land that God would show him. Abraham would finally settle in the land God promised him, but one day he complained to God because God had given him a son to inherit the land. So God promised Abraham that he would indeed have a son, even though Abraham and Sarah were getting old, even older than me, if you can believe that. The sixth ornament depicts a starry sky because God told Abraham that his descendants would be great in number like the stars in the sky. God kept God's promises, and Sarah eventually gave birth to a son named Isaac. When Isaac was still a small boy, perhaps a teenager, God wanted to test Abraham's faith. God knew Abraham loved Isaac, and so he tested Abraham to see if we, he would be obedient and do something terrible and painful. At the last minute, when Abraham had proved his obedience, God provided a ram, a sign that Abraham would not have to go through with this terrible deed. Our seventh ornament depicts the ram that God sent to Abraham, and God proved God's faithfulness even as Abraham proved his obedience. Young Isaac grew up and had kids of his own. One of them was named Jacob. One night, Jacob had a dream. He saw a ladder to heaven. He heard God speak. God told Jacob that the land on which he slept would be his and would pass on to his children and his children's children. He promised Jacob that he would have many descendants. The eighth ornament depicts Jacob's ladder from earth to heaven. Well, Jacob had 12 sons. His 11th son was named Joseph. Joseph was loved by his father Jacob and chosen by God to do great things. Jacob had a coat for many colors made for Joseph. And Joseph was so proud of his coat, but his brothers were jealous. 
So one day, Joseph's older brothers threw Joseph in a pit and sold him into slavery. They ripped Joseph's beautiful coat and smeared it with animal blood, telling their father Jacob that they had found the coat this way. They didn't know for sure what had happened to Joseph. Well, Joseph would end up a slave in Egypt, but would gain the trust of the Pharaoh. Pharaoh would put him in charge of the whole country of Egypt. So when Joseph's parents and brothers came to Egypt to seek relief from famine, guess who they found? Joseph. Joseph forgave his brothers and helped his family. The ninth ornament depicts Joseph's coat of many colors. Well, many years went by, and the new pharaoh of Egypt did not remember Joseph and his relatives. The pharaoh subjected Abraham's descendants to brutal slavery. And along came Moses, who would lead the Hebrew people, Abraham's descendants. He would lead them out of slavery in Egypt. The Hebrews spent 40 years in the desert on their way back to reclaim the promised land. One day Moses went up on Mount Sinai, and there God spoke to him and gave him the Ten Commandments. Moses wrote those commandments on stone tablets. Our tenth ornament depicts the stone tablets on which Moses wrote down the Ten Commandments. Moses brought the Hebrew people to the edge of the promised land, but he died before the people could claim it. So Joshua became the new leader of the Hebrew people, and Joshua sent spies into the city of Jericho, where a woman named Rahab helped them out. When Joshua and the Hebrews attacked the city of Jericho, they told Rahab to hang a red rope out of her window, and she and her family would be spared. Our 11th ornament depicts Rahab's red rope. Well, many years pass. A Hebrew woman named Naomi has two sons who marry foreign women. Both sons die. One of the women returns home, but one vows to stay with Naomi. Her name was Ruth. Naomi and Ruth were poor, and they would glean what was left over from the harvest of a field owned by a man named Boaz. Well, Boaz married Ruth. They had a son named Obed who had a son named Jesse, the namesake for our Jesse tree. The twelfth ornament depicts the wheat, the symbol of compassion that Boaz showed to Ruth and to Naomi. Well, Jesse grew up and had a son. Do you remember the name of the son? I already told you once. King David, that's right. David was a shepherd boy who defeated the giant Goliath with a slingshot. Now, David was an unlikely candidate to become the king of Israel, but he was God's choice. And so after a long and difficult journey, David was crowned the king, and the 13th ornament depicts the crown of King David. Well, King David had a son named Solomon, and when Solomon grew up, he became the king just like his father, David. Solomon's great accomplishment was to build a glorious temple in Jerusalem, a permanent dwelling place for God and a symbol of the strength and establishment of the Hebrew people. Our 14th ornament depicts the temple that Solomon built for our Lord. Well, throughout the history of Israel, God rose up prophets, truth-tellers, who called the people to turn back to God. And one of those prophets was named Elijah. And one time, the people were tempted to turn from God to worship Baal. Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal. There he would build two altars on top of the mountain, one for God and one for Baal. 
The prophets of Baal could not summon Baal to set their altar aflame, but Elijah, dousing his altar to God with water, had his flame alighted by God. The 15th ornament represents Elijah's burning altar for God. Well, another prophet that God rose up among the Hebrews was a man named Isaiah. He prophesied that God would send a Messiah, someone who would deliver the Hebrew people. And Isaiah said the Messiah would also be from the lineage of Jesse, that Jesse's family tree would be the same family tree of the one who was to come. As Christians, we believe that prophecy points to Jesus, the figurative light of the world. Our 16th ornament depicts the sun, the literal light of the world. Another prophet that God sent was named Micah. He was the one who said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Our seventh ornament depicts the little town of Bethlehem. Well, one day an angel appeared to a young woman named Mary. The angel told Mary that she would have a son, that she would name him Jesus. God would give Jesus the throne of his forefather, David. And around that same time, the same angel appeared to a carpenter named Joseph. The angel told him not to be afraid to marry Mary, that the baby she carried inside her was God's chosen one. So Joseph was faithful, and Mary and Joseph were married. The 18th ornament depicts the angel Gabriel, who appeared to both Joseph and Mary. And when Mary was great with child, the couple had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem for the census. That means they walked for over 70 miles. When they arrived in Bethlehem, they couldn't find a hotel room anywhere. Our 19th ornament depicts the sandals worn by Mary and Joseph on their long journey to Bethlehem. And our last ornament today depicts the baby Jesus lying in a manger because there weren't any hotel rooms available. But we're not going to hang this ornament just yet. Because today, during the season of Advent, we are waiting for the Christ child to be born. We wait for the hope, for the peace, for the joy, for the love that he will bring. And just like we have to wait to open the presents under the tree, we anticipate the greatest gift, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But until that day comes, we must make room. We must prepare the way of the Lord. One way is to, to prepare our hearts is to offer a simple prayer. So I invite you to repeat after me. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.